Shabbat Shalom, everybody. So if you want to turn, we're going to go to Proverbs 28. And that's where we're going to be today. I've been reading through Proverbs and... There's a lot of good stuff in it. A lot of stuff that's really pertinent. Just to life. In <clears throat> principles that so that aren't, I think, taught much in our day and age, in our world, to people growing up. If they, if they didn't grow up in a religious household. Um, and so, you know... Even some folks I know that uh, are not believers, they're not Bible-fearing, they're not God-fearing, you know, there's things in their life, and everybody struggles with stuff, but they have these fundamental core issues that are problems in the world and in their own lives because they don't know the Word of God, who basically God wrote everything to give us the instructions, know how to live, to have a, a, a good life, so to speak. Or at least one in which we can cope, I should say, maybe. Not so much a good life. <laughs> That's how you define that. But a life in which you have the, t- the necessary toolkit to get through life. And there's so many good things and so many important things that are in the book of Proverbs to, uh, for us that are pertinent today. And uh, so I think it's worth going through and, and, and looking at. So we'll pray and then we'll get into this. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for this day, for your word, that we get to be here on Shabbat, get to look into your word. I pray that you would just open it up, teach it to us, and that we would take it, apply it to our lives, and go forth and live it out and be a light for you and a witness in all that we do. In Yeshua's name I pray. Amen. So, um, I guess maybe we'll read through the whole chapter, and then we'll, uh, and then I'll, I'll go through and pick out some of the verses that I want to highlight here and talk about. So, Proverbs 28. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. For the transgression of a land many are the princes thereof, but by a man of understanding and knowledge the state thereof shall be prolonged. A poor man that oppresseth the poor is like a sweeping rain which leaveth no food. They that forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. Evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek Yehovah understand all things. Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son, but he that is a companion of riotous men shameth his father. He that by usury and unjust gain increaseth his substance, he shall gather it from him that will pity the poor. He that turneth away from his he that turneth his ear away from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. Whoso causes the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall himself uh, he shall fall himself into his own pit. 
The upright shall have good things in possession. The rich man is wise in his own conceit, but the poor that hath understanding searcheth him out. When righteous men do rejoice, there is great glory. But when the wicked rise, a man is hidden. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Happy is the man that feareth always. But he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. As a roaring lion and a raging bear, so is a wicked ruler over the poor people. The prince that wanteth understanding is also a great oppressor. But he that hateth covetousness uh, shall prolong his days. A man that doeth violence to the blood of any person shall flee to the pit. Let no man stay him. Whoso walketh uprightly shall be saved. But he that is perverse in his ways shall fall at once. He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread. But he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. But he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. To have respect of persons is not good. For for a piece of bread that man will transgress. He that hasteneth to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. Whoso robbeth his father or his mother, and saith, It is no transgression, the same is the companion of a destroyer. He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife. But he that putteth his trust in Yehovah shall be made fat. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely shall be delivered. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse. When the wicked rise, men hide themselves, but when they perish, the righteous increase. So there's a lot of like little phrases the whole the whole chapter and each verse really is almost like these little bits of phrases, but packed in there is so much amazing stuff. Uh, even the first verse, when the, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. You know, it's kind of that old adage, if you're not, you, you don't have anything to be afraid of if you're not hiding anything, so to speak. If you're not doing anything wicked, you will bite default have, have a uh, bold presence and a uh, courageous spirit because you're not you're not hiding anything you don't have anything to be worried about and uh, but what I want to focus on first is um, if we go to 28 uh, 4 they that forsake the law praise the wicked but such as keep the law contend with them this is such a really really important verse so uh, Especially because in, in our day and age with this, you know, us returning to the Torah and much of mean Christianity saying, oh, a lot of it's done away with. So, and even in the world around us, we see this so pertinent that they that forsake the law praise the wicked. And that's just so true today because what ends up happening is if you forsake the law, you forsake the standard by which everything is judged, and then you create new standards by which you judge right and wrong, and you end up, the default modus operandi of what ends up happening is the wicked end up being praised and getting hold, held up on a high 
uh, as a high standard. But the converse is, such as keep the law, contend with them. So those that keep the Torah will end up contending with the, um, with the, the wicked. I wrote here, this is a very definitive verse. If one forsakes the Torah, they will by nature praise the wicked. However, for those who keep the law, they will contend with the wicked. So they will, by, by definition, end up being at odds with those who are wicked because you're following two different paths, basically. One's good and one's wicked. And then um, in verse 5, it says, Evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek Yehovah understand all things. I thought that was such a cool verse. Evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek Yehovah understand all things. And it's, again, so true, and you can just see it so real and alive today that, you know, those who are evil, they put right for wrong, and they put wrong for right. Everything gets flipped around 180 degrees. And so when judgment and biblical laws and biblical precedent is set forth and taught, they think that it's evil. They say the Bible is barbaric. They say that it's upside down or it's turned around or it's nonsensical. And, and so they don't understand judgment, that which sets everything right, because they are evil by nature. And so they're looking at the world, they're looking at life through a different lens. And so it's our job as believers to hold up the Word of God and say, no, this is the lens by which we see life, weigh all things, and establish judgment, justice, and truth. And it has to be a coherent whole. If you come along and you say, well, part of the Bible is still in play for us in our lives today, and part of it isn't, well, then you have this mixed message, and that creates confusion, and it's uh, it's it's illogical for people to be able to follow, and so you get chaos that ensues. And I think for a lot of us, myself included, that's why gr- growing up and then later on as I became an adult, I got disenfranchised with normative Christianity because it was just a mixture of these competing statements and ideas, so it wasn't cohesive, and thus... If you don't have the right lens in your life to look through, you're not going to understand right and wrong. The world and life and our job here and what we're supposed to be doing won't make sense. And so you won't understand judgment. So, but the converse is they that seek Yehovah will understand all things. I just thought that was incredible. You know, all things. What is all things? All things. And I think that's so true. Some of the most amazing physicists and scientists that we of our day were God-fearing, Bible-believing people. We don't get told that or taught that in school because that's not PC anymore uh, because that doesn't line up with evolution. Like, evolution doesn't lo- line up with the laws of physics. And so uh, I just love that. Those that seek Yehovah understand all things. It's, it's a default explanation because... It's just like if you buy a new lawnmower and you read the instruction manual, you're going to understand how that lawnmower works. If you seek Yehovah, which by default means to know and learn and study His Word and see life through it, everything will make sense. Judgment will ensue. Everything will work and function properly. But if you forsake that, you, it just distorts and it gets corrupted and messed up. It's like when you try to put together the Ikea 
piece of furniture and you don't follow the thing, you're like, how come I have five pieces left over? You know, and something isn't lining up. The book is wrong! <laughs> uh, so, I think I wrote something here. So, verse 5 builds on the previous verse. We read that evil men, by nature, will not understand judgment because they're drawing their instruction, their guidelines from a different source. Those who seek Yehovah will ever will know all things. The converse seems also to be, uh, to be born out in Scripture. That being, the wicked have little understanding and great gaps in their knowledge. For how can anyone really know things apart from the Creator of all things? And see, that's what we have to get um, grab hold of, is that the world and all of its... Um, Worldly wisdom, apart from God, truly does not understand how the universe, how relationships, how families, how friend interactions are supposed to work because you've forsaken the God that designed it all to work a certain way. And so by default, there's going to be massive gaps and problems. And that's why we see the chaos in the world that we have today. But what they keep doing, the world, is they keep trying to um, as a tower of Babel, we will, you know, we will ascend. We're going to build a tower unto the heavens. The, the, this idea, this evolutionary mindset that we can evolve into something. Whereas what biblically the Bible teaches is we are to be restored back unto what we were and what God intended things to be according to his word all the way back into the Garden of Eden where everything was complete and harmonious in the way that it was supposed to be. But we tend to think we can keep um, adding appendages, you know, and slowly fixing things. And, but all that creates is mutated chaos in our lives, in our families, and all these things. So, And then verse 6, better is the poor. Then I think he, hits, he goes right into hitting on uh, one of the core things within people is... Um, you know, amassing wealth, working, you know, uh, because one of the things that first happened is we got kicked out of the Garden of Eden and you had to work by the sweat of your brow to get uh, food, basically. And so it became this thing by which we, uh, people, and we still today, and all of us, I think, struggle with to somewhat define ourselves as far as like, what do you do for a job and how much do you make, you know? And that tends to be the guidepost by what we somewhat value people and also probably value their level of satisfaction, happiness, and contentment. And what the Bible teaches is that those things are not, that they're not uh, intrinsically related. One is not attached to the other so that when one goes up, the other goes up, or the one goes down, the other goes up. Now they can, they have a certain emotional effect, but those of us who are followers of God are to find our contentment and our blessing in Him and our lives for Him and how we live and obey Him. And then uh, we work hard. We do what we're supposed to in this life, in this world that He created us. And then God takes care of the rest. That's why He, he said even as they go into the land that if you do what I tell you in the land, it's going to rain, you're going to get food, the things are going to work out the way they're supposed to. It's a, it's a cause and effect type of thing. So, verse 6, Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. So, there you have it. 
And uh, then let's go to, uh, let's go up to verse 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, the Torah, even his prayer shall be an abomination. <laughs> this isn't one that we get taught very much. It's not one that we get told often. You know, we have these national days of prayer, prayer around the flagpole. And I have to be careful here because those, those things in and of themselves are not bad. But that doesn't intrinsically have any... Uh, I'm careful how to say this. Just because we all gather hands and gather around a flagpole and have a national day of prayer doesn't really mean anything. It's what are the people doing? How are they living their lives? Because it says here, he that turneth away from his ear from hearing the Torah. In other words, it's not, and it's not just like hearing it read and letting it seek into your mind. The whole idea when you hear something biblically, it's to, uh, it's like when a parent says, did you hear what I just said? I.e., why aren't you doing what I told you to? It's the same thing when we say Shema. We say Shema, blah, 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 blah. It means we're supposed to hear, take it in, and obey and change our lives. But if we don't do that, if we, it's, it's like the kid who, um, like a child, you say, don't ride your bike down the street. It's a busy street. And the kid says, okay. And then goes out and rides their bike down the street. But then they, they, then they offer a prayer unto you. Well, I don't want to hear your stinking prayer. It's an abomination to you. It's like spitting in your face after you told them what you're, they're supposed to do. And they say, okay, yeah, we love you. But we're not, we're to completely disregard what you say. And then we're going to gather around a flagpole and pray. You know, God hates that type of stuff. That's why he says that's an abomination. And not, not that all those people are bad and going to hell. But the whole point is, we as a people of God need to be a little bit more discerning in what we're doing with our actions and who we're getting together with and who we're holding the hands with because we don't, what we need to do is call people to live lives of service unto God. And so we don't want to join in accord with those who are, whether they intend to or not, tearing apart the Word of God and what it's saying to do and keeping his word, and keeping his laws, and, you know, so, if we're going to join, you know, in the National Day of Prayer, and you got, you know, this congregation over here who allows homosexuality, this congregation over here who's involved in idol worship, and you get this melting pot effect, well, that's not glorifying to God. What he wants is for his people to do what he says. Obey his word. Then your prayers and your offerings will be accepted. Um, you know, you, 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 have, you can't put the cart before the horse. But that's not, that's not p very PC today. <laughs> uh, but the, I think what can happen is, is these, when these opportunities arise, like National Day of Prayer, prayer on the flagpole, what we as a people have to do is start being honest with ourselves, honest with the people that we're around, who we're with, and say, you know, I'm not going to be at the National Day of Prayer. It's not because I don't like prayer. Prayer is wonderful and prayer is good. But what is it doing? If it's just bringing us all together and making us feel good about ourselves, 
Well, it changed nothing. Well, it doesn't changes nothing in our daily lives and in our walk with God to to return and to be restored back to His commandments and His ways in everything that we do. Then it's all for naught, and it's pointless. And so they, we can use these opportunities to say, "Why are you going to that day of prayer? What do you think it's going to accomplish? Is God going to hear those prayers?" And when I say here, is he gonna is he gonna receive an act on those? God hears hears all prayers, but um, some prayers are an abomination unto him. Okay, so uh, where where are we here? Uh, I wrote here, verse nine. Uh, he who will not hear the law, even his prayer will be an abomination. If we will not listen to God. Why should he listen to us? Well, that's basically kind of the boiled down version. If he's going to tell us to live and do things one way according to his word and we won't, why would he, why would he even listen to us? Okay, going up on here. Continuing on. So let's move on up to verse uh, 20. So verse 20 says, we're going to look at um, 20 through 22. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. To have respect of persons is not good, for for a piece of bread that man will transgress. He that hatheneth to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come unto him. So again, talking about um, this contrasting idea or these principles that you, we see in here, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. So notice the difference here. But he that maketh himself to be rich shall not be innocent. So it's, compa- it's kind of comparing and contrasting this idea of blessings and rich. So I said uh, faithfulness in the daily Deeds, faithfulness and daily deeds, the Bible tells us, will bring blessing. But to hasten to be rich will be fraught with evil actions and an evil eye. An evil eye, that's a Hebrew idiom for being stingy, not being generous, not be giving, not helping out those who are really in need. One, by definition, will not treat his fellow man with the posterity he ought to if, uh, if you're hastening to be rich and you have an evil eye. Because the idea is, what is your goal? If you're hastening rich, you're, you're putting your actions and your desires and your efforts into just amassing wealth, basically. And, but the contrast is this faithful man will abound with blessings. So oh, the idea of what? Being faithful to God in your life, in your daily actions, doing what's right living your life according to his word, you will have blessings. And that idea of blessing is, uh, yes, idea more with contentment and happiness. So like, uh, blessed is the man who shall not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. The idea is happy. We will have a joyous countenance. And so it contrasts the man who's trying to get, you know, kind of a get-rich Quick scheme. Most people who are involved in that, they're they're fundamentally discontent, right? They're not happy. They're they're uh, upset with their status in life. They don't feel blessed, 
And so they'll tend to be stingy. They won't treat their, their fellow man right. They might operate uh, not according to God's word because they are trying to fix a problem in themselves of emotional and mental discontentment and frustration with the idea of amassing money and or material gains will make them happy. But as we all know, that that doesn't work. It just is a quick fix, a quick emotional fix, like when, you know, you get that Amazon package, it's like, woo, but, you know, that thing, whatever you got, you know, it just sits there in the corner within three days, and then you need the next Amazon package to come. And so there's a fundamental discontent that you keep on trying to fill that will never be satiated. And that's why you can have some of the most successful career uh, well-loved, wealthy people, you know, it makes me think of uh, somebody like, uh, uh, you know, some, you know, Hollywood actors, for instance, who end up, like, committing suicide, you know, because they are just horribly miserable people, even though seemingly they have it all, because you, you won't be innocent if you hasten to be rich. You're going to have problems. And like it says in 20, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. So the idea of a daily, consistent, steady faithfulness, walking in God, that produces blessings. And that may include wealth. It may not include wealth. But it's idea of that's where contentment, happiness will lie. 22, he that hatheneth to be rich uh, will have an evil eye and considereth not that poverty shall come to him. So by nature, people who are hastening to rich are going to be pretty stingy oftentimes, and uh, poverty will eventually come because riches don't last. And um, let's see here. So I said, uh, I said, notice this faithfulness the Bible, faithfulness the Bible recommends does not lead to uh, cash and riches, but blessings. This is a big difference. Riches may be present, but they uh, will, they will, they, they, they will um, be a byproduct. A person who is blessed will be happy and content. How much better is that than to have riches without? happiness, and contentment. So all these life principles that I see in these, um, in these verses yeah, that are just so, so important. They that forsake the law praise the wicked. You know, wicked, right and wrong get reversed. And uh, such as keep the law, though, will contend with them. Those of us who keep the Torah, keep God's will, will let nature be in... Um, contradiction with them, and we will end up contending with them and, and trying to hold the standard of what's right. Evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek Yehovah understand all things. So the evil men, those who decide to run their life by their own way and their, or anything apart from the Bible, won't understand fundamental judgment, but they that seek Yehovah and His word will understand all things. Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. So it's better to have less and do what's right uh, than, to, than to have riches 
and uh, and be perverse. You know that will not lead to fulfillment and happiness. And then nine, he that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. You know, again, so it's this idea of, you know, what Psalms, what Proverbs are so much about is, again, this idea of restoration, of turning back to God's word, turning back to his ways. It's all the message of the prophets. It was what Moses was trying to teach. It was what Yeshua was teaching and calling his people to repent, turn away from what they had gotten involved in. That's why, you know, you, there was this, this watering down of the culture and the word of God all the way to Yeshua's time and how much more so now such that you had, you know, demonic activity and um, debaucherous sins going on and even as much today and, and how much more so even today we need the word of God to restore the things as they should be in our own life. And so, because of that, the Word of God, and when we stand up and we speak on behalf of it, sounds very contentious. And it's very, it pits us oftentimes juxtaposed with everything that the world stands for, and you're going to seem out of place and very judgmental. And we have to say, look, either God created everything or He didn't. Either He wrote this Word for us and it's all applied, and it, and it means what it says, or it doesn't, and we might as well go do whatever we want. But it's time for all of those people, all of us, all of God's people who call themselves by His name to decide what they're going to do, what we're going to do. Are we going to waste time pretending? Or are we going to you know, take up His word and live it and do it and accept the consequences? And the lines are being divided, I believe, as, as his word is, uh, the Torah is being restored. And as um, I believe we approach more towards the end times and evil ramps up and you see all these things happening in the world. It's not, um, it's not a coincidence, I don't think. So let's pray. Heavenly Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this day. I uh, thank you that you give us your eternal word and principles and guidelines by which we can align our life to give us hope, uh, to give us harmony and contentment and happiness in our lives, to uh, have answers on how to live and that we're not just walking blindly in the dark through this life and that you haven't left us without um, your word. So I just thank you for that. pray that we would just be able to show that forth to the world around us and that those who you would, uh, you would touch God, would, would turn unto you, repent and walk in your ways and grow in your word. And I just thank you for, uh, again, this time to be together and, to word, or in, in study your word. And uh, keep Shabbat. In Yeshua's name I pray. Amen.